Hello, you're listening to the VoiceOver Hour podcast, season three. Brought to you by the VoiceOver Network. Sponsored by Hindenburg, Apogee, Source Elements, and Focusrite. My name's Rachel Naylor, and I'm your host. I've been a voice actor for over 20 years, working in all areas of voiceovers, including video games, commercials, promos, and narrations. I'm editor of The Buzz magazine, founder and director of The VoiceOver Network, and I'm also a multi-award winning entrepreneur. The VoiceOver Network is the number one place for voiceover professionals to get the best training, help, support, opportunities, and access to an amazing supportive community. We are all about helping, supporting, and strengthening the voiceover industry. The VoiceOver Hour podcast? Well, it takes you behind the scenes in the voiceover industry, sharing stories, insights, and so much more. They'll be dropping every Tuesday. They'll be up to an hour long, and I'll be talking to some fantastic experts in our industry, including voice actors, agents, producers, and casting directors. They'll be sharing their stories, as well as information and advice to help you with your voiceover journey. I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago because I wanted to create a safe place for voiceover professionals to come together, to help and support each other, to get the right information and to strengthen this incredible industry we work in. The VoiceOver Network is a global community of voiceover professionals and I'm so proud of what we've created. I want to empower you on your journey. everybody. Hello and welcome to the VoiceOver Hour podcast. Now, I've got some special guests lined up today. Uh, two wonderful, amazing voice actors. Uh, and I'm going to introduce each of them and they're going to tell us a bit about what they're up to. Uh, so we have the brilliant Edward Hong. Edward is a hybrid on camera and voice actor. He is the father of three cats and has a massively unhealthy obsession with cinnamons. Uh, Edward is also the founder of the PGM VO list. So welcome, Edward. Thank you for having me. Also, Jennifer Sunbell is joining us today. So Jennifer is a voiceover artist and on-screen actor. Jennifer has a long list of credits, including Trollstopia, NCIS and Genshin Impact. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Rachel. Hey, everyone. So happy to be here. Oh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, now, we've got some interesting uh, and, and really important things to talk about today, uh, mainly about ethnic casting and diversity in voiceovers. Um, so, but before we get on to that, do you want to just fill us in? Let's start with you, Jennifer. Tell us a little bit about how you got into voiceovers. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started in um, on-camera acting. So I've been pursuing that for quite some time now. And then um, shortly before the um, pandemic hit, I signed with my wonderful agents, Atlas. And and then it was just like perfect timing, honestly. I was like, well, we can't do anything else. So I just dove headfirst into voiceover. Um, it was sort of like learning a new craft in a way, not necessarily the acting portion, but also just the the dynamics, the different genres, you know, what it takes to be a voiceover actor. And um I've just been pursuing it ever since, and I've, I'm head over heels in love with it. I love every aspect of it. Um, Vaughn has been a huge impact in my life, and um, yeah, that's. I'm just. I'm still, you know, talking to myself in my closet almost. Yeah, pretty much every day. <laughs> 
Awesome. Awesome. Best job in the world, isn't it? It is. I love it. Fantastic. Excellent. Oh, wonderful. And Edward, Edward tell, us, um, tell us how you got into voiceovers. Uh, I got into voiceover, uh, there were two start dates. Uh, one was kind of just being thrown into it probably about nine years ago when a certain game that I later knew as Grand Theft Auto V needed Korean actors. And so it was just, you know, not knowing, they just not knowing what I was in for. They, I knew that they needed me because I was Korean. But I kind of had a feeling that I know I knew what the game was for because they had me do all the you know stereotypical Grand Theft Auto things like your car just got stolen now just yell about that or you just got stabbed or you just got shot or you just got rocket launched in the <laughs> face. So I was like, oh okay, I think I know what this is for. Uh, but the true start didn't happen until 2018, where I was extremely and stupidly privileged and very lucky to have my former manager at the time just be like hey do you like doing voiceovers and i'm like i don't really pursue much in it i've always been on camera and theater and he's like do you want an agent and i'm like sure and then he set up he made some phone call and then the next thing i knew i had a meeting with an agency i didn't know what they were at the time and later i knew now as atlas being like hey would you and then we had a meeting she's like I think you're a funny guy, Edward. I think uh, you'll do great here. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so that began the journey. And then I quickly had to realize that there was a massive catch-up process because voice acting is a very different beast to on-camera and theater. And while it does have more similarities to theater, uh, there were a lot of things I had to catch up on in terms of the technical aspects and all the learning curve that came with it. But like Jennifer said earlier, um, the pandemic has significantly like warp drived it into a serious pursuit. Mm -hmm. And it was something that a lot of us also saw as well, especially for all my theater friends who couldn't do theater anymore. We had to start turning to voiceover because it was an avenue. It was an expression that we could still do and not go crazy in our homes at that very uncertain time back Oh, two years ago, which at this point might have been two thousand years ago. So, uh, that yeah. is that's where that's where we are now. And I'm very grateful for everything this industry has provided. Um, and I'm I'm very happy to be here. Fab, wonderful, excellent. Well, it's great to have you both here. So we're gonna talk. We're talking today about um, castings in voiceovers, which has changed a lot recently, with companies wanting to create and cast more ethnically diverse characters. Um, now. Edward, you have started this fantastic list. Do you want to tell us about the PGM VO list? Yes. So for those who are wondering what the heck PGM, PGM stands for People of Global Majority. It is a term that I started using about like a year ago. And what it basically means, it's another way of saying people of color or BIPOC. Global majority is a term that was started in the University of Miami and Sciences uh, to further separate from like, you know, centering from like, because every time you use people of color, you are still centering white as the universal standard and everything else mm. is color when technically white is a color. So global majority, what that means is that the majority of this world are non-white European Christians. The rest of the world are not that. And so they are the overwhelming majority of this planet. And I think the term suited like it worked better for me 
because it was to show that, you know, we're always seen as the minority or the underrepresented. Mm. This is to kind of claim that and being like, we are the majority. We just don't, you know, we just want to claim that. And so that was something I wanted to portray in this list. As for this list itself, it started in June 2020. So the timeline I remember vividly, it was based pretty much a month after the George Floyd murder and when the global Black Lives Matter movement started and the discussion about race and representation and equality and more importantly, equity was becoming more of a hot seat topic. And then, and then when it crossed into the voiceovers, uh, there were more like prominent white voice actors who chose to resign from their post, uh, from their roles when they were voicing like Indian characters or black characters. And they wanted to say, hey, we should give we sh we've done enough of this. We need to give other communities a, a shot at this to have more authentic portrayal. And so at that time, like, I was just like, you know, I'm just going to create a list. And at that time, it was just a Google Excel sheet and anyone could have put anything in there. So it was kind of like a wild, wild west time where there was no security monitoring whatsoever. So I'm surprised that for like eight months, it, it worked to the extent that it did without crashing and burning. So <laughs> uh, since then, uh, I mean, like uh, at the time I had enormous backing, especially from my talent agency at Atlas. They were sharing the list like immediately to all their casting uh, office contacts and industry contacts. And then the voiceover community in the Twitter realm like was beneficial in like spreading that out. And then by 2021, uh, it just quickly adapted uh, when people are like, you should, know about Airtable and I was like what's Airtable and then Airtable basically changed my life and so with this database because it made everything so much easier and because it became more accessible I think it started to show in terms of how many companies were using the list and then it just kind of like exponentially went up from there and fast forward to now there is a tremendous most wonderful team that we're all working this together and Jennifer Sumbell is one of them and so that's where we are now. We are over 1,800 actors on this database, and there are over currently 185 production companies, casting directors, and talent agents who use this database. I just want to jump oh. on that and just say, I love that because, you know, it is that always that thing of minority, and that kind of has a kind of, oh, it's a smaller amount of people, but you're totally right. And um, I just, yeah, I just think that that's that's brilliant to, to call it the majority congratulations well done for doing it thank you what is the list how does somebody join it and then what happens when they've joined it so uh it's pretty simple uh, we have a website that was created by risa may one of our also one of our team members it's simply pgmvolist.com and then once you get there they, it will show you where to sign up if you're an actor and recently we just added a section for voiceover industry folks who work behind the scenes as engineers, directors, uh, animators, writers, and so on. And so once you sign up that they are basically, it, it looks like a 20 million questions, which is basically, it gets very specific in terms of like, what's your ethnicity? What's your nationality? What's your home studio recording situation? Do you have it? Uh, what's your vocal age range? Uh, and, and then it's even more split down to do you, are you experienced with like either male masculine or female feminine uh, vocal aid ranges and so on and so on and once you fill that out then it's just like uh you are you have the invite to join either our discord community and or our facebook community and then you just 
become part of the list. Now, there is a filtering process. So just because you put yourself in there doesn't mean you'll automatically get entries because we do make sure that, you know, number one, authenticity. Because in the past, we would have Caucasian actors who would put in their ethnicity that they are voiceover actor as their ethnicity. And so we would have to filter those out and be like, okay, so this list is not for that. This list is for people who are non-white um, background. Okay. And it, and so that, so there is a filtering process. And there is also like, if you're an aspiring actor who just be like, hey, I think voiceover is cool. We would have to tell them, this is great, but you should have at least a website and or a demo reel so that there is some way for casting to be like, okay, what does this person sound like? We need to know what they sound like as opposed to like, you know, having nothing whatsoever. So there is a little bit of that, but there is, has his and never will be a subscription fee for actors to pay to join this, nor is there for industry to access the database. I've always believed that this should be a free resource and that is, you know, widely uh, useful to all. And that is how it has been and will always will be. Fantastic. Wonderful. And does it matter where you're based in the world? Not at all. We have people from all over the world, from obviously a lot from the US itself, but like we have a ton from the UK, the Philippines, China, Hong Kong. Um, we've in South America, we've had like just like yesterday, there was like a, like all of a sudden a rush of South American voiceover actors. So we are all over the world. And the only thing that is key is just having good internet connection, which I'm now realizing that seems to be a very US issue because we have terrible internet. Thank you, Spectrum. <laughs> Thank you so much, Spectrum. Because uh, I hear my friends in the UK, they're like, oh, my neighborhood just got installed a new internet service and it's like 900 megabytes per second download speed. And I'm like, and, and, and they're like, that's like the most affordable rate. And I'm like, man, we have to pay like top-notch money yep. to get that kind of speed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a that's a rant for another time. But basically, anyone <laughs> yeah. from around the world can join. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Wow. So, Jennifer, um, so why do you think casting ethnically correct is so important? Well, I mean, that's a... Uh, there are so many answers to that. I think one of the things that um, that really speaks to me is that there are cultural... Not just like, you know... People can learn accents, you know, people can learn to emulate, imitate um, other ethnicities and stuff like that. But there is a innate cultural aspect of growing up um, as a person of color, as a PGM person that can't be translated unless you've experienced it. Mm-hmm. And so when yeah. you have, um, you know, for example, like, you know, Edward's part of it as well, there's a, a lot of um, like K-dramas, a lot of um, live dub actions coming forth you know, for Netflix and Disney Plus. And there are just certain nuances that that I have to explain sometimes. I'm like, you know what? Actually, that's because of this or because of that, because they just don't, some people just don't understand. And just having even just that little bit, it just makes your performance so much more authentic, so much more real. And it gives voice to people who, prior to now especially, um, didn't really have their voices heard or their faces seen on camera, yeah. for example. Um, it's such a wonderful way to bring up our our next generation, like my kids, and being like, you know what? Yeah. 
That's my voice. You know, my daughter, you know, happened to be super blessed to be a K-pop troll. And she and she's like, oh, that's you. And she's like, she sees me as a, you know, she just my daughter doesn't see color. She absolutely doesn't see color, you know. And so for her to see myself or, you know, someone else that like she's in love with Encanto and she's like, oh, my gosh, who's the person that does their voice? Oh, they're beautiful. And, you know, she's like, I want to look like them. I want to be them. And that to me is where authentic authenticity and casting appropriately appropriately is magical so yeah yeah. so yeah i mean encanto (laughs) is a wonderful film my kids absolutely love it oh my gosh you know it's magical to watch and and to watch yeah the different cultures as well i think that's so Mm -hmm. important you know for us as human beings to embrace different cultures um i do i do find i think i think the dubbing thing is quite interesting um in terms of you know there's a lot of stuff being dubbed now um Mm -hmm. into english you know foreign language things and I, I don't know about you, but I, I do find it, I've, I've watched a few things recently, Spanish, and I want them to have Spanish accents <laughs> when, I, when, I'm, when I'm watching the, you know, the dubbing, because for me to hear an American, you know, I can see the Spanish, I mean, it's, it's a funny one. So yeah, I guess that's something I, I, I personally would like to see that more, that things that are dubbed. But I mean, I guess they, it's a tricky one because there, there aren't, I mean, are there enough actors who can do it who have the accents or is it right. just that they're that the, the, the casting director is just going for a, an easy cast well it's also it's interesting um i know that a lot of the projects that i'm working on they are at least now what they are doing it's like there's a fine line because it is being dubbed in english so they want to make it for everyone and so forth so the, it, there is like a little fine line there but i will say they are very specific on pronunciation of names now they want it to be as authentic mm. as possible. You know, before there was, it's very common to, you know, make it the English version of a name, you know. But now it's like, no, no, no. Here's the pronunciation and try to match it as much as possible because they want to be authentic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that, um, Edward, you recently, you, you've you been involved in a very big dubbing um, project. I saw in your IMDb, you were involved in Squid Game. Ah, yes. <laughs> Squid Game is hilarious because it pretty much put dubbing on the spot of like national news attention when before it was, you know, it's something that people kind of, like, you know that there was dubbing, but you never really talked about it. But because Squid Game mm. became the like global phenomenon that it was, they paid attention to the dubbing actors as well. And then there were these massive discussions about like, you know, what is a good dub? What is a bad dub? Oh, Squid Game dub is terrible and blah, 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 blah. And so being part of that process, it was interesting hearing from like the non-industry folks of like what they consider to be good or bad. And dubbing, it's, I believe out of all the voiceover like genres, whether it be animation or video games or whatnot, I do believe dubbing is one of the hardest uh, things to ever do because mm-hmm. you're never given the materials ever. You're just literally, you know, you go to the booth and you're just thrown the characters that you're dubbing, hear the lines and go. And yeah. so yeah. for a lot of these directors and the companies, they have very limited time to you know, work with these materials because they have a certain due date, which, you know, my, my, you know, my other complaint would be they need more time for these things because it's never enough time there, you know, they have to rush to get these products. And so sometimes, yes, the quality of the dub may be 
you know, subpar, but that's because it's like you have to make a compromise between like performance, technicality, and other factors, and then just like, you know, deliver the goods. And so Squid Game was just a interesting experience of just seeing how the world reacted to that. But I, what I was proud of and what our director, Madeline Howe, was, you know, what I am so grateful to her is that Madeline was one of the few, uh, uh, out of, few out of many uh, white voiceover directors who really believed in the database and casting mm-hmm. authentically. So every single actor was at least Asian descent and a majority were Korean descent uh, to reflect the the cast of the Squid Game itself. And so that was something that was beneficial because there were a lot of terms, a lot of like cultural specific lingo that a lot of Korean actors who did the dubbing just got right away. And so it helped with the performances of that. And this is something like I also argue passionately, not just regardless of your ethnicity, like I've seen like Italian uh, products, like Italian Netflix dubs, and they're voiced by American actors and they sound like surfer bros. And it's so not (laughs) right because the way Italians talk is so specifically cultural um, that American actors just don't understand. It's like, you know, you can't just talk like, hey, bro, what's up? It's like, no, that's not how Italians talk and doesn't have the energy cadence. Same with British, same with Mm -hmm. French. Like, I've seen so many does where they completely butcher French words and I'm like, wow, that's embarrassing. And so I think this, yes, it is about ethnic representation and we're very, like, passionate about that. But as we're doing this database and like, you know, we have partners with the Queervox da- database and they are an LGBTQIA voiceover database. It is about just like authenticity and like just specificity that when it comes to dubbing, you don't have time to really like research. You just have to know it. Yeah. And so I think yeah. that's why it is more important that we get these authentic actors regardless of their ethnicity, like it is about culture, it is about ethnicity, and it is about their experience that makes the performances better, not just in dubbing, but also in all aspects of voiceover and just, you know, all of entertainment industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. And it is, you know, authenticity is the key. And and in voiceovers, you know, we, we... we need to connect and so somebody needs to, to to feel true to that to that character and you get that through yeah through this fantastic you know way of casting um and so the squid game did she use your list then when she cast it she did she did use a list and then wow. so how it works That's for cool. a lot of these companies is that uh the voice director will be like okay i'm gonna use a list and then obviously every localization studio or company they have their list of people they worked with in the past so then it became like a combination of those two and then she would listen to uh pretty much hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of auditions to choose the actors for uh the show yeah wow amazing amazing um guys we're going to just take a quick pause uh, to hear from our sponsors and then we're going to be back to talk more about castings and uh, casting ethnically correctly this podcast is sponsored by apogee hindenburg source elements and focus right source elements Pioneers in remote recording since 2005. Whether you're narrating lines for films, audiobooks, animation, or video games, with Source Connect, you will deliver remote voiceover takes in the highest quality and in perfect sync over the internet. 
This podcast is brought to you by Focusrite Vocaster. Focusrite's recording interfaces have already helped make more recordings than any other, ever. Now, with Vocaster, it has never been so simple to get the best sounding podcast with auto gain, enhance, and easy start tool. All the things you need to get recording. Vocaster is the easiest way to set up your show. Find out more at focusrite.com or search Vocaster. Tell the world. This podcast was sponsored by Apogee, your audio solution. When it comes to home studios, Apogee is on the cutting edge, providing excellence in every area. They creatively think outside the box to create solutions for all the day-to-day problems faced by voiceover artists. And finally, Hindenburg Narrator, intelligent and intuitive software editing to solve your most common audiobook narration challenges. From uneven levels and noise reduction to ACX and find-away validation. Download your exclusive Von 60-day trial and $50 discount code at hindenburg.com forward slash voiceover network. Okay, guys, we are back. Fantastic. So, um, so yeah, so, so let's talk about kind of some issues that you guys have faced. I mean, are you are you happy to talk about, you know, things that you've seen in the industry, you know, issues with casting appropriately? I know yeah, I absolutely. am. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we're here. <laughs> go. Go for it. You go first, um, Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, you know what's interesting as um, is, I promise I talk for a living, Um is that when I started this journey, um, like I said, I come from the on-camera world. So it's it's a very different world. And um, I, I myself am mixed. I am half Korean, half white. And, you know, I really struggled to find my place in um, in Hollywood. And it was, you know, there was a point where I, I thought I was going to quit. Um, I was I was ready to throw in the towel. And I had a wonderful coach, at the, you know, who I still talk to, who... Um, you know, made me realize and really put forth that, no, this is what I want to do. And so when I got into voiceover acting, for me, it was kind of like this liberation. I was like, you can't see my face. So I can just be true to whatever that character is. And I started getting these wonderful um, characters and I thought, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I get to, (laughs) you know, be this character. And it it, it was such an eye opening thing. And the things that I've honestly noticed, for me, I've actually been very fortunate and blessed to have been able to voice so many wonderful characters. Um, And the thing that I happened to notice was that there was a lot of behind the scenes that there wasn't as much diversity. So there was a lot of, um, how do I put this? There was a lot, there was a, there was a separation between understanding why it was important to cast authentically because most of the people that are the, you know, gatekeepers, the decision makers are are white. And so they were like, well, I don't understand what's the big deal. You know, it's it's it doesn't matter, but it does. And so one of, and I think that's why it's a wonderful thing that we um, that Rogine, who recommended she's also part of the team, that we start the behind the scenes portion, because there really has to be this dynamic of understanding from both ends why it's important to cast authentically. 
And that was my main struggle that I was noticing. I was like, they don't understand. They don't understand why we want to have our voices heard. They, it, it just wasn't clear to them, to them. You know, I mean, I think growing up, I remember watching, um, for example, like the Joy Luck Club. And it was like one of my fa- it still is one of my favorite movies because I was like, wow, this this wonderful, rich story of all these beautiful women. And then when I saw one of the daughters ended up with a with a white guy, I was like, wow, that could be, you know, they could be my parents. And I was like overwhelmingly happy about that because I never saw that. I never heard that. And as a mother, that's important to me because I want my children to grow up and be able to hear people of every ethnicity, of every culture, from every walk of life, financially, emotionally, spiritually, all aspects. I want them to be able to hear every single person's story come from their heart so that they can grow up to be a fuller person and also share their heart. To me, that's, I don't know, I I get really passionate about it, but that's, it's so important because I didn't grow up with that. I I didn't. You know, I I think back to all the shows I used to love, all the cartoons, and and I look back to who, who who, who was cast and I was like, oh, they weren't, they weren't Asian. They weren't black. They weren't, you know, Indian. And it kind of, it dimmed my my love for that show or for that character because I was like, they don't know what we've been through. You know, it's it's one of those yeah. things where I think it's important to recognize and accept. And I think that's the key thing. A lot of people don't accept how important diversity is in casting and behind the scenes and in life in general. I mean, I want my kids yeah. to grow up with every single person from all walks of life to be friends with and to learn from because that's how we become fuller people, better humans, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So beautifully put. And and yeah, you're totally right. And it is, you know, I think, you know, there 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 was a long period where, you know, voice actors were just they were they would take what they were given and they were given a, a role you know a white person was given the role of a, a, a black character and they would just do it because that was just the accepted thing mm-hmm. I think all, and 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 that has changed and I think that's brilliant I think also that there weren't as many um, diverse actors as well in the industry so I think that's something that's really important is is opening things up and, and training people you know tra- opening the training opening up the the world so that you know everybody and anybody is welcome um all yeah as you say walks of life because everybody needs to be represented and and art is is so important for us as human beings absolutely and one of the things you just said is that you know there weren't um you know, enough diverse talent. And I think that's why, you know, Edward started this. And I think it was phenomenal because he was like, and I'll let Edward speak to it, but I mean, from my understanding, he was like, oh, you cast that way because there's no talent? Don't worry. I got you. Here's a huge list of beautiful, talented voiceover artists of color that you can um, reach out to. So there's no more, there's no more excuses. And I do want to just also just shoehorn in the fact that at the VoiceOver Network, we, you know, we are big on training and everybody is welcome. And, you know, anyone who's listening to this who wants to come and train up uh, and do courses, everybody is welcome. So I was going to say, I'm going to piggyback on that really quick. I love Vaughn. When I got into VoiceOver, they were one of the first first groups of people that I started training with. And I mean, just life-changing. I learned so much. I, at that time, I didn't know who all these big dogs were. And I was like, oh, I'm training with, you know, 
Bob Bergen. I, I was like, I didn't know who he was. I was just like, he sounds gossip. <laughs> you know, and because of uh, all the training that I did, I learned about the voiceover industry so fast. I mean, I actually booked Trolls shortly after I took an Ellie, a class with Ellie Ray because I was so inspired by her. Um, and I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. So train. And if, you know, if, if it's not Vaughn, find your place find, because training is important. Yeah. I think it's also key that we as artists, we have to be able to provide a service and it has to be top notch. And so even now I'm constantly training. You have to. Yeah. That's how we stay on top of our game. Absolutely. Edward, did you want to jump in and share your kind of side of things? The current issues that I find is like, okay, so we've done like a great a job in terms of like, here's the raw, like, you know, the goods, like here are the actors, like, you know, there it is. There's all of these actors. And in that, I'm starting to notice like the, the very like specific problems of like, not just the list, but just also just like how the industry is. And so for starters, like, I noticed pretty from the get-go, like once Netflix uh, had their Squid Game and they were obsessed with K-dramas and same with like Disney Plus and Apple, everyone wants to get on the Korean like, you know, drama game, is that the the usage of the list started to shift very heavily towards the East Asian side of the database. And it started to like, you know, in terms of the other ethnicities, whether the black community, the indigenous, the Southwest Asian slash Middle Eastern, like that started to become a little like a lot less because they weren't being considered for those parts. And so that was one issue I noticed. And then other issues I've noticed is that like it was always like interesting to see which companies actually really wanted to use a list and those who were the second tier was like those who were yeah kind of using it for this very specific part and then the third bottom one were those who were actively hostile towards the list and so we've had encounters from all ranges of that and i think a lot of it has to do with just like you know when there was an older voiceover actor who just started voiceover acting like two years ago this older asian man and he's always been on camera but he never wanted to do voice acting because when his when he told his agent at the time 20 years ago that he wanted to voice acting the agent was like you're not going to get anywhere with that like they're they're just not going to hire you it's not going to be a thing and so he never pursued that and it's only because this database existed and he started seeing that people were being cast that were also Asian. He was like, wow, I could actually do this. And this database made it possible. But my bigger fight that I have with this database as well as, you know, overall is like the notion that you can hire diverse actors that isn't just specifically for that part. So if it's like, you know, I, I appreciate the authentic casting. They're like, okay, we need, let's say, black Nigerian voiceover actors. Great. And then this database provides that. But then after that, the company doesn't use those actors again for other things like, you know, hey, we have a cartoon character who's like, he's a, he's a giant dinosaur or whatever. Like, they don't consider diverse actors for that. They'll only consider diverse actors for their very specific diverse parts. And this is an issue that's not just unique to voiceover. It happens in theater. It happens on camera world where diversity is only used for very specific parts, but it is never used as the norm. It is only used as the exception. And so that is the bigger issue that I've been finding. But that is something that just 
you know, it's not going to be solved over time. A lot of it is just going to be just our inner bias. It's just our, our subconscious bias in terms of how we see people. Uh, this is not just unique to ethnicity. This is also applies to uh, the LGBTQI community. This applies to women in terms of like, how do people perceive others? And so like, you know, yeah. Hollywood, for example, always have a hard time placing 40 to 50 year old women in meaningful roles because they don't know what to do with them. And so yeah. that is a it is not a unique fight, but it is something that when I talk to J.P. Carlick of Queervox, it is a united front in terms of how do we challenge the status quo? And I think that is the bigger issue. And that's something that requires not just us, but just other communities that are also repressed or, you know, has, has been historically excluded, that we are all in this together yeah. to make a change. And I think that is the much harder one because I've also encountered resistance from our own community that they don't want that being pushed because they fear that if I make too much noise or if others make too much noise about this, we will never be hired again. We will only be seen as a troublemakers. And I know all, like so many can relate to that, whether women, uh, LGBT, mm -hmm. people of color who be like, I no longer worked because I was a troublemaker. I was the one who's like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to get paid that low. And then they were never hired again. And so there's always that fear that we will never be hired because we spoke up. And I think if we have the collective mass of not just you know people of color, but also women and LGBT, that if we all speak up together that we had enough of this, then we can make a change. Mm. And I think slowly but surely it is happening. Like it, Like ever since 2020, there has been greater waves of that than I've ever seen before. And I think, you know, a lot of us have been like astounded by how much progress we made, but there's even more so we can make. And so I think that has been a challenge of this list and that will continue to be the challenge of this list for quite some time. Awesome. You know, it's so important to to speak up and to 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 say, you know, to, to stand out and 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 do things like this because you you know <laughs> We have to ruffle feathers. That's how progress is made. And it's not always pretty and it's not always easy. Uh, you know, and when I started, you know, very different, but, but you know, I can relate to, to what you're saying because when I started the VoiceOver Network seven years ago, you know, I had a massive backlash and, you know, people mm. got very upset about, you know, oh, shush, don't, you know, don't talk about voiceovers publicly, you know, shush, shush, you know. And and also, you know, being a woman, uh, you know, running a business, there, I, I have encountered a lot of problems, you know, in that side of things. So it, but it's so important for us, you know, for people to stand up and, and to to be proud of who you are and know that not everybody is going to like what you're doing. Not everybody is going to support what you're doing, but you need to be true to yourself. And um, yeah, so I think what you're doing is is amazing. Thank you. Um, I want to also talk about, you know, talking about, you know, castings and things. And, I, I, you know, from a female point of view, I know that I've seen a massive change shift in the fact that strong women are being cast much more in things like video games and, and animation. And, um, you know, we're heard on more commercials, uh, promos. And I, I think that, you know, that's fantastic. But I would imagine a lot of that comes through from writers. So the fact that, you know, we need more diverse writers out there to write these characters, write them authentically. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Um, you know, I said it before that 
having, you know, diversity in behind the scenes is so important because there is a connection that can be made. Um, you know, yeah. when you're a writer, for example, as you mentioned, you write from a place of, you know, authenticity. You've you've lived that life. Yeah. And so those characters become more fleshed out. And we don't have just these like stereotypical, um, you know, black characters anymore or Asian characters anymore. They are literally just human beings. I mean, it's interesting mm-hmm. to me how in Hollywood, especially there's these, you know, boxes that have to be checked. You know, do we have this character? Do we have this one and this and this storyline and da, 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 da. But, you know, real people, we all live such multifaceted lives. And so when we have someone who's writing from that perspective, then we get these amazing characters and these amazing, you know, animations and video games that tell these full fleshed out stories. And I think that's why having authenticity in the writer's room from a director, from casting to the talent, it's important. You know, this whole um, recipe of uh, success comes together and then something magical happens. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I was just going to say, it's just like, uh, yeah, just recent things I've watched, like Encanto definitely being one of the biggest ones. It's like, it makes a difference yeah. when you have all of the cast being of that descent. Like, it's just like, it brings yeah. just like, you know, it, it just feels like you're at home with it and there's nothing about it that throws you off. And and so that's something I appreciate. And then even like, you know, beyond just voiceover things, there are just small things that like, you don't think about it, but then you know, it makes an impact when the person or the writer is of that. So, for example, you know, if we're talking about, like, how women are portrayed, like, like I just watched Black Widow for the first time, and then the very small detail that all, when they fight, they always have their hair tied up, which is something that male directors never do because they always want to have their hair be down, be all sexy, but it makes no sense because <laughs> your vision gets... Impaired when you fight, it it's just something it that men it men never really think about. But because the script was written by women and it was directed by a woman, it was just a small detail that you know just you don't think about it. And then you'd go, "Oh my god, why why wasn't that not the norm? Because it should be the norm." But it's such a small thing that that's why it is important that we have these voices behind the scenes as writers, as directors. Otherwise, these little details get missed. And then if you look at it, it just goes, it doesn't make any sense. Or if it's like we watch shows or watch like animate projects where like, like it's set in a super diverse city, but it wouldn't make any sense to like that the only people you know are just of this ethnicity when it's like you have the entire like pretty much the world living in one singular city and so i think it's just like having writers who who experienced that who did live through that and so it's like yes you know i know i always do understand when people go well it's about the talent it's about the art you know it's about research and i get it it's like you know i yes you can say there are tremendous works by people who are white and are writing black stories and they did the research and it's amazing and it's like i won't take that away that you know those are great but i think it's also just to show that there is always a systemic hierarchy of just like who gets hired for these things mm-hmm. and it's like i always see it as like there's you know there are white folks on top and then when it comes to diversity it's always like the lighter skinned diversity like mm-hmm. that's always been a thing and then the darker skinned like in terms of diverse actors or writers or directors they're at the very bottom and so it is to know and realize that you know 
yes, for me, I am diverse, but I am a light-skinned Asian man. And that comes with enormous privilege that, for example, a dark-skinned black woman uh, would never be able to experience because I'm a man, I'm light-skinned, and I'm East Asian. So there are things that even as members of the diverse community that we need to be aware of our own privileges and know when to like step aside because we have partaken, we took too much of the pie and we're like, okay, we need to be able to like be, you know what, we're fine. Everyone can eat at this table well and we can do fine. We don't have to like indulge ourselves in it. And I think what's great about our list is that truly, I mean, I haven't experienced much the opposite way. Everyone really champions everyone. They're really uplifting. Oh my gosh, you got that. That's incredible. And, or you know what? I I have this, you know, somebody's casting this and they're looking for this specific, you know, breakdown and they'll post it and everyone's like, oh, tagging people. It's such a wonderful community of just champion everyone. Cause like Edward said, there's, the pie is huge. You know, I think some of the things that I've heard are from, you know, from some very well-known, um, voiceover artists that are that are white that all of a sudden they have less opportunities but they still have way more opportunities than than we do and so you know when we are able to uplift each other and realize that there is there are so many untold stories out there there are so many characters that are still being written you know so many voices that need to be heard so many faces that need to be seen and if we can just realize that we all have a place here that, you know, maybe you don't have as many quote unquote opportunities, but you still have so many opportunities. And that if you champion others, and if we can start being more giving to others, then I think that we will find that, oh, I was giving to them and they gave back to me. And, you know, I recommended them for this project and they weren't right for this. So they recommended me. And then there's this beautiful, like, harmony that happens. And I think Mm. if we can all just recognize that, a lot of things will just sort of like all these issues people have with the list and, you know, I'm a voice actor. Mm. I should be able to act however I want, blah, blah, blah. They kind of dissipate because it's like, well, you know what? That wasn't for me. That's okay. I will have another opportunity. Absolutely. And that's something that I, you know, I champion massively and have done, you know, from the start of the voiceover network when I when I started it, I, I remember seeing lots of kind of negativity and lots of people fighting and, and arguing over castings. And these are my mm-hmm. clients. I know these are my clients. And I remember seeing this going on and, and people. Yeah. And I was just horrified. And, you know, my big thing with the voiceover network is, is always been about sharing. It's about, you know, I used to bring my clients along to our impact person events and just introduce them to everyone. I think people used to think there was something weird with me. It was like some weird witchcraft, <laughs> but it wasn't. It was just me just being like, you know what? They, I don't own I don't own these clients. They're not mine. Like, right. you know, the right voice will be the right voice for the project. And if I'm the right voice, great. But if somebody else is the right voice, then fantastic. That, that Then that's, that. you know, that's brilliant. And, and that's so important. And if we can all, you know, go forward and just breathe and think you know there is plenty of work out there and that you know we don't need to fight over things and we need to support each other and yes open things up and be authentic and be true to the to the to the ethnic you know um roots of the character yeah absolutely i mean 
I, I think that's wonderful. I can totally see you doing that, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, wonderful. Wow, this has been amazing. It's been so wonderful to talk to you both. Um, can we just, like, I, I'd love you guys to do you want to share some advice to, to people who are listening to this who maybe feel, you know, that there aren't as many opportunities due to their, you know, their, their background or, you know, where they come from. Just know that if for anyone pursuing the voiceover industry, it is it is like you need to know from the get go. It is one of the most competitive, fiercest, craziest industries in the planet. It is sometimes even more so competitive than on camera and theater. Like it is crazy out there. That being said, like when people get disheartened that they don't get opportunities or they're not booking jobs like this, know that you are facing like the like enormous odds. So I always tell actors, it's like, don't look for, you know, the validation of booking, but that this is you as an artist, that this is about you playing. This is about you having fun, because if we look for our career as a validation of who we are as an individual you will never find that happiness and you will be absolutely miserable for the rest of your life i know because i was there for a few years and so uh you have to look at it as, as a playground it is for you to play and to know that now the industry is shifting that there are more voices that will be accepted whether regardless of your sexual orientation or your ethnic background or your gender and the industry is starting to accept that. And it is, you know, there. Are, I can see more and more examples of, for example, seeing like a trans actor becoming the lead for this anime or for this animated project or mm -hmm. this like black actor becoming the lead for this project. There are more mm -hmm. and more and more examples of this. And it just shows that this career is absolutely possible, but it's not going to be easy. Do not expect a handout for anything, but know that there will always be a community who identify with you, who understand you, and you will be embraced and you will be loved and there will be a community always. I'm just going to piggyback on that because that's everything that I would have said. And I'm just going to add on that. Remember that when you are pursuing your passion in any field, whether that's in the arts or not, that your journey is more important than any of the end results. Yes, those are amazing. The bookings are amazing. But are you living a fulfilled life? Are you living a full life? Are you um, enjoying the process? Are you playing? Are you searching for new, um, new avenues? You know, remember that this journey, it's not a straight road. You're going to go up. You're going to go down. You're going to go sideways. You're going to go backwards sometimes. And it's, it's about embracing those moments, good, bad, and everything in between, and saying, you know what? This is my life. I have air in my lungs. I have a smile on my face. I get to play and find who I am in this journey because that's what we bring to the table, right? Not only do we bring our ethnic background and, you know, where we lived and, you know, who our parents are and where we went to school, but we bring our inner selves to everything that we put out there. And I want to encourage everyone, do not be afraid to do that. It's scary being vulnerable in a, you know, in, in an audition or in a room, on Twitter sometimes, wherever that is. Being vulnerable is scary, but if you just put your heart and you put everything into it and you enjoy the, the journey, 
I know that you'll be successful and that we will be here on the sidelines cheering you on. Um, you know, and I also want to encourage you. Yes, take all the classes, train, 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 train. I think that's more important. Acting, train as an actor, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. We all know how to make funny voices. We can all be taught that. But coming from an authentic place in your acting is top-notch. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that from casting and voice directors, um, from production houses, that that's what they are looking for, okay? You can have a great voice but not yeah. bring the acting chops and you won't get the part. But I also want to encourage everyone to also pursue other things, you know? Pick up crocheting. I did. I'm not very good at it, but <laughs> I'm getting there. Um, you know, take those moments throughout your day to sit and reflect. Go out and get it some sunshine, you know? I just want to encourage everyone to, yes, be in your closet, your booth, wherever you are. Do what you have to do, but also live your life. All of that yeah. will come into your own work. Amazing, amazing. And I'm just going to add my my kind of my little bit to the end of this because it's just been, oh, this has been gold. But I just want to say to everybody listening that you you should be proud of who you are and where you come from. And it's so, so important. And I really, you know, I really hope that that's what you get from this podcast, that you feel, you know, that you can put on your website, your, your background, where you're from, you know, talk about it it, put it on social media and be proud of where you come from and of the, the amazing diversity that we have in this world that we need to see more and that we need to, you know, people need to stand up and, and show themselves who they are and be proud of who you are because you're amazing. And every single, you know, every single one of you listening to this, you have so much beauty and you have such incredible um, stories and and life experience to to bring to this industry. So um, so there we go. That's that's my piece for you. Thank you, Edward. Thank you, Jennifer. You guys have been incredible. This has been such a fantastic podcast interview. Um, yeah, I've I've found it fascinating hearing from you, and I'm so excited about what you've created, and I'm excited to see what happens next. So, if anyone listening would like to to join your list, they just go onto the website. Is that right? Yes, that's right. PGMVOList.com. Excellent. If any casting directors, production companies, agents, they can they can go check it out too. Yep, they just go. Yep. They just fill out the query at the bottom, and we'll respond to them right away. Because I always check my email like a nut. <laughs> and also, I want to encourage Wonderful. anyone who's behind the scenes as well, voice directors, uh, writers, animators, to also go to the website. And there is also another section where you can um, sign up because we have been getting inquiries for people, production, you know, looking for um, PGM talent for directing and so forth so please go yes we want yes, we want yes, you yes. to be heard and seen fantastic thank you so much guys thank you everybody and um there'll be another podcast next week thank you for listening to the voiceover hour podcast season three brought to you by the voiceover network with special sponsors hindenburg apogee source elements and focus right. My name's Rachel Naylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you check out our next episode, bringing you more behind the scenes stories in the voiceover industry.